in beautiful North Florida celebrating two years of color commentary, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And as we approach the end of another crazy week, well, you know what time it is. It's time again, once again, for WTF Friday. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, yes, let's get started. And believe me, there's quite a bit to do today. But before we get into the heart of everything, I just want to encourage everybody to simply follow our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, and also you make sure you click on the little bell that you get notified when new shows are uploaded. Also, you can send us email at inblackandright at gmail.com or you can also go to our website inblackandright.net check out our online store and see what's currently on the website we did some updating today uh, but and I'll get into that uh, a little bit here so anyway my friends breaking news today before uh, we came on air the Washington Post, as well as several other media outlets, are reporting, and the headline from the Washington Post, Fannie Willis admits relationship with prosecutor on Trump Georgia case. Well, now, this is interesting, the timing of this, because, frankly, Fannie Willis's case against Trump is, well kind of falling apart I mean my goodness I mean she's surrounded on all sides not only did she admit her adulterous relationship with Nathan Wade and Nathan Wade uh, with his now ex-wife Jocelyn have a temporary agreement in their divorce proceedings so there's not going to be a trial or any type of courtroom proceeding that would require Nathan Wade and or Fannie Willis to testify about their relationship. But it gets worse for uh, Miss Fannie. Oh yeah, it gets worse. You now have the Georgia State Senate convening a special committee to investigate her and her wrongdoing, which frankly should have been done a long time ago, but apparently the Georgia GOP, at least those in the Senate, wanted to say face also you've got now Jim Jordan the chair of the House Judiciary Committee issuing subpoenas as well for her uh, to come and explain the misuse of federal funds 
And apparently there's a whistleblower who had a recording of a meeting that she had with Fannie Willis and was essentially fired for bringing up the fact that they were misusing the federal grant money, which was earmarked specifically for specific things. Not to just go and use it as like a pot of money that you can do whatever. So there's that. So yeah, you got a whole lot of problems there, Fanny. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, so there's that. Then, a little bit uh, in the related story. Again, the Washington Post headline. Trump D.C. trial drops off court's March calendar, clearing way for New York case. Now that's interesting. Now keep in mind, Jack Smith, or Jack Squat, whichever you prefer. I like to call him Jack Squat because he's not worth Jack. Anyway, my friends, we now have this. Why all of a sudden because these guys were just chomping at the bit to get Trump into court early March, just before Super Tuesday. Now, all of a sudden, poof, it's gone from the court's calendar. Hmm. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it has to do with the waiting for the Supreme Court decision on presidential immunity. I don't know. That could go all the way to June. I don't think they're going to get what they want as far as a speedy trial to kind of, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to, and to continue their sick, twisted plan to try to stop Trump and basically use all the lawfare they can uh, for the primary. Now, of course, there is still waiting. Uh, the civil fraud case that apparently the verdict is being de delayed for about a week so what's the deal with Ergeron and trying and waiting I mean wouldn't he just be happy to just you know make his severely messed up decision make Letitia Peekaboo James the Attorney General of New York happy I don't know, but there's stuff going on that I have a pretty interesting suspicion about, but eh, let's see uh, what's going on. This is kind of a to-be-determined type of situation, that's for sure. But interestingly enough, uh, I guess sticking in the world of Trump, well, let's go to Nikki Haley. Now, Nikki Haley continuing to be in full-on denial, uh, that's for sure. Uh, and now, apparently, Breitbart was reporting about an interview that Nikki Haley did with Jake Tapper of CNN, saying that somehow she's not going anywhere, uh, even if she loses south carolina which frankly according to the latest polling is all but guaranteed she's down 26 points in her own home state where she was governor so i'm kind of going hmm 
Okay. Let's see what's going on here. But, you know, and apparently even she's upset at Ronna McDaniel for suggesting that she drop out of the race uh, because there's no path for her. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to snap Nikki Haley into reality, but you're going to get your butt kicked in your own home state. I mean, my goodness. Trump's up 26 points. He has the endorsement of so many of the state's top officials, the elected officials, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, state treasurer, speaker of the South Carolina House, both U.S. senators, and a good chunk of the Republican congressional delegation from South Carolina. But yet, you know, she's just going to continue to be that berserker who's living in a world of I don't know what, some delusional real, delusional fantasy that she can win. I mean, okay, so you've only had Iowa, you've only had New Hampshire. Uh, Nevada's coming up next week with the GOP caucus, and she's probably not even going to mention that because, well, she can't. she's not even on the ballot there. It's only Trump, and so he's going to take that. So, yeah. Then here comes South Carolina, February 24th, and a little over a week after that, uh, it's going to be Super Tuesday. But here's Nikki Haley on CNN with Jake Tapper. Uh, just, uh, I think this was yesterday that she did this, but just, just listen to her. Do you think it was inappropriate when the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, suggested that you need to drop out uh, because she didn't see a path for you? I absolutely think it was inappropriate. We've had two states that have voted. You need 1,215 delegates. Donald Trump has 32. I have 17. We still have 48 states and more territories to go before we get there. I'm not going anywhere, Jake. I am going to continue to go all the way through South Carolina. Then we're going to go on to Super Tuesday, and we're going to keep on going forward. This is about the fact that we can't live in chaos anymore. This is about the fact that we've got to focus on what it's going to take to not just get our domestic policy on track, but what are we going to do to prevent wars and to make sure we keep Americans safe? We can't do that with the two guys there. Americans are telling people that. We need to start listening and make sure that we focus on what it takes to win a primary so that we can get our country back on track. So you're committed to staying, through, staying in the race through Super Tuesday no matter what happens in South Carolina? We're moving. I mean, what I'll tell you in South Carolina is we're going to close that gap. My goal is to be more competitive in South Carolina. It's always been to build on momentum. We started with 2% in Iowa. We ended with 20%. We went to New Hampshire. We got 43%. In South Carolina, we want to get even more competitive than that. And then we'll go into Michigan, and we'll go into Super Tuesday. We have a country to save. I'm not going anywhere because I don't want my kids to live like this. I don't want anybody else's kids to live like this. We have been a, in total distraction for a long time, and we know that when America's distracted, the world is less safe. And all you have to do is look around the world and see that. I'm going to stay in this for the long haul because I think it's important, and I know that we need to get this done. Okay, my friends. Okay, so pretty much uh, Tricky Nikki is going to be in it for the long haul. Uh, she gets shellacked in her home state of South Carolina, which doesn't bode well. 
uh, for any type of these mega donors who still want her to stay in. That certainly doesn't help. Uh, and okay, so we'll see what happens with Super Tuesday and in Michigan and so forth. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we really don't know, but I'll tell you, all these never-Trumpers and all these Republican and never-Trump mega-donors and Democrat mega-donors and, and this multi-pronged assault on President Trump, it will backfire. It will backfire. Now, it's not helpful that the RNC and uh, Ronna McRomney is absolutely fiddling while Rome burns the incredible ineptitude of the RNC is just absolutely mind-boggling. But given the fact that let's remember who she's related to, she is the niece of Mitt Romney, I don't know. Could she essentially be some sort of plant by the Romney family to mess up everything? I don't know. But this week, Ronna McDaniel and the RNC winter meeting in Las Vegas got a lot of grief uh, from Charlie Kirk and Turning Point Action because they held their own meetings and summit for a couple of days with state party chairs, county chairs, precinct people, all sorts of stuff. And to help these parties at the grassroots level do what they need to do to help uh, make the elections safer and what they have to do because obviously the RNC isn't doing squat. So yeah, and apparently I also heard that uh, Ronna McDaniel actually it was interviewed by Steve Bannon of The War Room, and oh baby, I can't wait to get that. I might put that maybe this weekend uh, to do a special. But I'll tell you, right now, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess not because of Trump, but because of Biden. My gosh. The very same people who griped, moaned, and complained that, oh, Trump's going to get us into a war. Trump's going to get us into a war. Well, uh, sorry. You were wrong. You were very wrong. And you're still going to be wrong. Because Trump's going to have a heck of a lot of fixing to do. Okay? He, he just is. And I'll tell you, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But hey, if you really want a chance to make the country great again, you better get ready. Batten down the hatches because this is going to get real ugly. I mean, this isn't even, you know, the highlights. I mean, the crescendo of this. No, no, no. But anyway, folks, here's, uh, as I'm kind of transitioning out of that, here's some things that, I mean, there are three stories that really make me go WTF because we've got a culture. We have a society that is so messed up. I mean, 50 shades of foobar. 
And let's try this, for example. Everybody, a lot of people have seen the story uh, in New York City of seven illegal immigrants who beat the daylights, uh, viciously assaulted two New York City police officers. And hours later, they are released without bail into the streets of New York and the famous or infamous pictures of the animals. Yes, I said animals. Giving the double middle finger to New Yorkers. Like, hey, you can't touch us. And yet, can you understand why New Yorkers, I mean, American citizens there in New York are pretty pissed off because Eric Adams, the bald black buffoon of a mayor, is, he invited this. And now, all of a sudden, oops, my bad, buyer's remorse, so no. And yet, this is Democrat policy. Actually, I should say Democrat policy because it is evil what these people are allowed to get away with. You have illegal immigrants and who knows how many of these guys actually had criminal records and they just go out, you know, all cocky, flipping people off in New York. And yeah, so I don't know what the Democrats in New York are going to do, but you got some folks who are pretty pissed. Okay, let's, I'm just going to be that blunt because we can't sugarcoat anything anymore. We've got some hard truth and reality that we have to face. And it's not going to be easy to get, to, to deal with it, to get out of this mess. But so there's that. But compare these stories. Now, you have a, a man, a father of 11 kids who was arrested for praying outside of an abortion clinic. And now he was convicted in federal court and facing 11 years in jail. In federal prison for praying in front of an abortion clinic. Okay? Does that make any sense to you? Because it doesn't to me. This is the double standard we live in. We are, it's not just even a double standard. It's societal schizophrenia. You know, you, you got one standard of justice for one group and everybody else gets the short end of the stick. And yet, here, here it is, a father of 11 arrested for praying outside of an abortion clinic. This absolutely blows my mind. And just to put a cherry on top of this sick Sunday, now, the name Michael Cassidy may not be familiar to you, but he is familiar for what he did. Now, Michael Cassidy is 
from Mississippi. He is a former uh, Republican candidate for Congress. And he's a Navy veteran and a Christian man. And so, Michael Cassidy apparently went to Des Moines, the state capital of Iowa, into the Capitol building where there was an altar to Satan. An altar to Satan. And what he did? Oh, I, I, I would love to meet this guy, give him a hug, and buy him a cold one. He went and beheaded the statue and just just and just destroyed the altar destroyed the statue now i don't know what essentially made him uh made him do it but i'll tell you this man has got guts real guts because this is a lion Okay, he was a lion. He went and confronted this as a man, as a godly man, and said, nah, none of this. None of this. So, yeah. So now all of a sudden, he's getting uh, charged with a hate crime. I'm like, really? <laughs> a hate crime. Now, granted, no actual person was hurt it was just the statue but yet he was charged originally with fourth degree criminal mischief which is a misdemeanor and it's just crazy and now he wants to and and now they want to uh <laughs> charge him with a hate crime as being uh, you know, it, he saw this, Mr. Cassidy did, as it's anti-Christian, which it is, in a government building? Wait the hell a minute. Haven't we heard from numbskulls and people who are constitutionally illiterate? It's like, well, you have separation of church and state, separation of church and state. Bad baby. No, that was dumb. That's totally dumb. This the this whole thing about separation of church and state has been so screwed over and so misinformed. People are seriously misinformed. The, the separation of church and state is not, I repeat, not mentioned in any founding document not in the Declaration of Independence, not in the U.S. Constitution, not in the Bill of Rights, not in the Federalist Papers. Nothing about that. This was to keep the church, keep the government out of the church's business, not vice versa. Learn some history, people. This goes back all the way to 1802, when Thomas Jefferson is president, wrote a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association letting them know that their religious liberties were not going to be usurped. They, there wasn't going to be like the Church of England. This was not going to be state-sponsored. 
it let people of faith worship God the way they wanted to and the government needed to stay the heck out. But I'll tell you what just blows my mind. Now you have a guy, military veteran, Christian man, saw this in a government building and he decided, hey, this is ridiculous. And he acted. And yet, given what's going on right now this year, I mean, you've got Rob Reiner, meathead from all, to the, all in the family. He apparently is now going hard after Christian nationalists. What a freaking moron. His late father, Carl Reiner, great comedian, was a classy, pretty classy guy. And the fact that he raised his son to be such a doofus, that's sad. Because Rob Reiner is a doofus. He is a, zeal, a radical, I would even say possessed zealot, going after Christianity. So yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but when you've got a guy, a Navy veteran, a Christian man, getting hit up with a hate crime because he attacked an altar in a, a an anti-Christian altar in a public government building? Please, people. I don't know who the moron was who allowed this into the Iowa State Capitol, but that is it, it whoever did it is a straight up doofus and i hope to god they're not christian because if so it's like i'm just gonna go well thank you for being a useful idiot for satan so michael cassidy you're a stud buddy thank you for showing some of us the way to stand up against evil and Hey, I'm, I'm, I would love to try to find him and get him get an interview with him because I'll tell you, it's good. I, I love it because his lesson should be learned by people of faith all over the country. The man stepped up. He cowboyed up and he manned up and he put his faith on the line and his freedom. So yay happy. Thank you, Michael Cassidy. But I'd love to end today with something that I found absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing to me. Now, New York, apparently, the state of New York, the city of New York, might actually be in play for Trump this year. So I'm like, okay, I got to check this out. So apparently on Newsmax, one of their reporters did a man-on-the-street interview in the Bronx, which is loaded with minorities, Hispanics and blacks. But I heard this, and I just assume let you hear it too. So hang on here, and away we go.
re-election strategy is cutting into traditional Democrat strongholds. Shortly after Newsmax found surprising support for the former president in the Bronx, we found out that he was considering doing a rally here. We joined the New York City Young Republican President, Gavin Wax, to find out more. Listen, Kara, make America great again. Uh, it includes the South Bronx, believe it or not. It, it's for all Americans. I think this is why it's great that President Trump wants to visit the South Bronx for some sort of rally. It, it shows that he cares. President Trump and I have been speaking recently about you know his prospects in New York, New York City. There was a poll that came out that showed him within the single digits. So we talked a bit about that. I mentioned uh, you know the the interviews you did on the street in the South Bronx, where there was a lot of support for President Trump. People were very excited about him. It was something that people hadn't really seen before. It was something new. It was something novel. Free my son Trump. Free my son Trump. He went and watched it after our gala. He shared an article uh, commenting on your interviews, and I think it got him very excited. You know, he kind of said, you know, well, let's do a let's do a rally in the South Bronx. I said, sure, let's let's do it. If President Trump came here to the South Bronx, would you attend the rally? Of course, I would want to meet Trump. I want to shake his hand. He's the only president that I see that can ever make America great again. He's capable of doing that. I would love to go to a rally with Donald Trump. Come, I'm a big Donald Trump supporter. And I'll support him 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely we're going to show him love. We're going to show him a lot of love. And, you know, like they do in other states, we definitely need to see Trump here. There's nothing but love for Donald Trump here in the South Bronx, the North Bronx, the East Bronx, and the West Bronx. So, you tell we me... Want, we want Trump to come back. Please, bro. Biden, get out of here, bro. I will come to the rally and support Trump. Because the Bronx need a change, and we need somebody that's really going to help this community. I would definitely come to a Trump rally in the South Bronx. I like him. You do? Yes. Yes, I will come to a rally if President Trump was to come to the Bronx, and I also would bring other people to come to and support him. Would Joe Biden get a warm reception if he came to the Bronx? No, he wouldn't have. And I'll make sure of that. <laughs> Reporting for Newsmax in the South Bronx, New York, I'm Cara Castronova. <laughs> oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. I absolutely love that. I absolutely do because not one person who was interviewed was white there were Hispanics there were a lot of black folks and they wanted Trump in the South Bronx oh man that does not bode well for Biden and the Democrats because New York City Chicago Los Angeles, those inner city areas, the three biggest cities in the country are just absolutely sick of Biden, sick of his policies, sick of the leftists. Now, these are three cities, New York, Chicago, and LA, who have black liberal mayors. Blue cities with blue mayors who are Marxist, socialists, and open the welcome mat to all the illegals and if that's the case you know apparently trump according to a lot of polling has over 20 percent of the black vote that is scary that should scare every democrat operative and and strategist because and if you if Trump is anywhere close to 20 percent 15 to 20 percent maybe even more it's over it's done they're gonna have to majorly cheat 
because the support among Hispanics is just as devastating for a Biden re-election bid. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I really hope that this is the case because it gives me hope because I've heard this from folks from minorities in New York, in inner city Chicago, the South Side, and the South Bronx, and also in Los Angeles. My goodness, this could be amazing. And frankly, I really hope President Trump does do an event in the South Bronx. I really hope he does. Hey, you know, let's see if he can maybe get Yankee Stadium. That'd be a trip. Oh, that would be a serious trip, folks. But I'll tell you, that gives me hope. It makes me smile because the narrative that the mainstream media will constantly tell you, Donald Trump's a racist and he's this and he's that. It's not working as well as you think. And there are folks in these inner city communities that are figuring it out. They don't like what they've been put through. And they're and I'm willing to bet a lot of them are really starting to figure out that all these illegal immigrants are there to replace them, not help them. And this is why they're backing Trump um, for other reasons as well. <laughs> oh my goodness, my friends. That, that's a trip. That's going to be fun though. But for right now, I'm just going to simply say thank you for listening. I'm going to call it a day, maybe call it a weekend. I don't know. But this is going to be a year where even I'm not going to get a whole lot of days off. That's for sure. But I'm more than happy to do it to bring you news and other uh, information that you're not going to get from anybody else or very, very few. So for now, my friends, I'm going to say so long. Have a terrific weekend. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, remember, patriots come in all colors. God bless.